Good morning. Beautiful singing today. We appreciate uh, everyone who is here today. It's a beautiful Lord's Day. It's an honor to be able to assemble and worship our great and merciful God. And we're glad you're here, especially if you are one who is visiting us. We love our guests. We want you to feel welcome. We want you to want to come back anytime that you have an opportunity. Uh, I want to mention a couple of uh, good things that have happened. First of all, uh, Melvin Wynn was baptized into Christ on Thursday night. And I'd like to ask Melvin, he's back there and toward the back, if he'd just stand up just for a second. Uh, so you might know who he is. Uh, he is uh, dating Melissa Dunlap, who was baptized not too long ago. And I appreciate so much people like Ricky and Kathy Anderson Donna Jackson that take time out of their schedule and have Bible studies, Uh, not only with folks like these, but others as well. And uh, they were instrumental in leading Melvin to the knowledge of the truth. And I hope you'll congratulate him in his obedience uh, to the gospel. Also, Roger and Eunice Gatlin were married 60 years yesterday, and John mentioned their celebration they're having this afternoon. But also, uh, Reginald and Mary Jim Barr were ma- are married 57 years today. So what a grand accomplishment. I think Brother Reginald and Brother Roger kind of have it figured out how to have a joyful and happy marriage if you're a man. Uh, if you're wrong, admit it. If you happen to be right, just be quiet about it. And I think they have uh, discovered that successful formula. But we congratulate these two. Also, Brother Reginald yesterday celebrated his 80th birthday. So uh, he got a double dose of presents this weekend. So congratulations to both of these. Also, uh, we're very happy uh, this morning to announce that uh, Justin and Alyssa Key... Uh, desire to place their membership with us. And I'd like to ask them to stand. They're sitting over here to my left. And uh, we certainly want to uh, welcome them to our church family. Now, Alyssa is expecting a baby in August, around August 20th. And guess what? It's a girl. <laughs> Remember how, how I emphasized we needed girls? And now we've got one girl on the way. We need more girls. So uh, that's a good start, though. But congratulations to them, and I hope you'll certainly uh, make them feel at welcome and at home. Uh, before we begin today, I've been asked to have a special prayer. Sister uh, Jean Hatcher uh, has a sister named Minnie Lee Shelfer of Sneeds, Florida, and uh, she is 81. And uh, she is in the Dothan Hospital, not doing well. She suffered a couple of heart attacks. And uh, Sister Jean requested that we would have a special prayer on her behalf. And I would like to do that this morning before we begin. Will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the day you've blessed us with. This time, Father, we know that you know our hearts. You know the burdens that we bear, the temptations that we deal with on a daily basis. 
this time we bring before you several who are sick, but in particular at this time, uh, we're thinking about uh, the sister of our Jean Hatcher. We pray that you would bless Minnie Lee Shelfer as uh, she is not doing well at this particular time. We pray that you would be with her and you would bless the doctors and nurses that are attending to her needs in Florida, that, that they would do the things that are most beneficial for her so that, if it's your will, she might be restored to a portion of her health. We know there are many here, Father, that are sick, those that are dealing with various health issues. We think about Farrell and Ori Mae Falk who are dealing with various difficulties at this time. We're mindful of Brother Leon Willis who is facing uh, uncertainties in UAB Hospital. We pray that you would bless him and, and bless that family during this difficult time. And there's so many others, Father, who have lost loved ones. We are mindful of the Shirley family who uh, lost Brother Bill in the last few days. We pray that you would comfort them. Of course, continue to be with Sister Peggy Chesser and her family as they continue to deal with the loss of Brother Billy. And Father, we pray that, that you would help us as your children to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to uphold one another on a daily basis. Thank you so much for your son Jesus who gave himself on the cross for our sins that we might have the hope of eternal life in Christ's name. Amen. I want to ask you, if you will, to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. Of course, we just started a new quarter. And I want to encourage everybody to be in a Bible class. You need to be in Bible class on Sunday morning. Our class on 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John got off to a great start with David Allen. And I guess it sort of runs in the family because I'm basing... Uh, our lesson today and the reason for this lesson is based upon the outstanding class we had in the prime timers last quarter uh, on the book of Exodus that was taught by brother Tony Allen David's father Tony did a marvelous job uh, in the book of Exodus and I thoroughly enjoyed it benefited tremendously from it but this morning uh, I want us to think about the man Jethro. We discussed him some in, in this particular class. And of course, to me, he's a very interesting character. And I want us to look at this man whom the Bible describes today as being the priest of Midian. Now, you may remember that Moses had to flee for his life from the land of Egypt. And he came to Midian. And there Moses found refuge in the home of a man named Jethro. And the Bible says that he was content to dwell with this man, and ultimately Jethro gave Moses his own daughter, Zipporah, in marriage. And between Moses and Jethro, there arose a wonderful friendship that lasted for more than 40 years that richly blessed both of their lives. And today, I would like for us to look at a few things about Jethro and who he was and then note some lessons that, that I believe we can learn from his life that will help us in our lives and in our work today in the Lord's church. And we're going to be using Exodus chapter 18 as a basis for our lesson. I just want to briefly, if you will, paraphrase this chapter in your hearing. In verses 1 through 6, 
We read how Jethro had heard about all the marvelous things that God had accomplished through Moses with the help of God in bringing the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And of course, while Moses had been down in Egypt, Jethro had kept Moses' wife and his two sons. And here we find that Moses and the people were just about to arrive back to Mount Sinai. And we find that Jethro came with Moses' wife, Zipporah, and the two sons, and he brings his family back to that place. In verses 7 through 12, we read how Moses greeted Jethro and his family. And then after that, Moses and Aaron and all the elders of Israel had fellowship together in a sacrifice that was offered by Jethro, the priest of Midian. And then in verses 13 through 18, we, we read how Jethro observed all the people. And how they came to Moses from very early in the morning until late in the evening. And and Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, observed some things that he felt needed to be done differently. He saw some changes that needed to be made. In fact, he said in chapter 18 and verse 18, You will surely wear away both you and the people that are with you, for this thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to perform it alone. You see, Moses was trying to, to be the leader of God's people. Trying to be the judge of God's people. He was hearing their cases from morning until evening. And Jethro says, Moses, there's just absolutely no way that you can continue to do all this on your own. If you look at verse 21, we see the advice here that Jethro gave Moses. He said, moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, Hating covetousness, place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of ten, and let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto you, but every small matter they shall judge, so it shall be easier for you, and they shall bear the burden with you. And then he went on to say, if you do this thing and God commands you so, then you shall be able to endure and all the people shall go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened unto the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Now I want us today to look at a few things about Jethro, the kind of man he was, something about his background. Let's look at some things about this man, Jethro. We read in Exodus 2 and verse 15 that Jethro was a Midianite. Now we know from Genesis 25 verses 1 and 2 that these Midianites descended from Abraham through his wife, Keturah. Now basically, the Midianites were a very idolatrous people. They were very ungodly, very immoral. In Numbers 22 and verse 7, we see that even the elders of the Midianites were idolatrous. 
We read in Numbers 25 and verse 6 of the account of, of that Midianite woman that was so ungodly and immoral. And Moses later on commanded his own army, a thousand men from every tribe, to go out and exterminate the Midianites. And from Numbers chapter 31, that was by and large accomplished. Jethro was by occupation a shepherd, Exodus 2 and verse 16. We know that he had seven daughters, and yet we also note that he had one son, Numbers chapter 10 and verse 27. His name was Hobab. It kind of reminds us of, of other individuals that we read about in the scriptures, and we think about people that uh, come to mind that that faced difficult situations. And Moses certainly faced a, a difficult situation, moving to a new land, a new environment. Now, we know that his daughter Zipporah was married to Moses. And the Bible tells us in Exodus 2 and verse 21 that Moses was content to dwell with the man. And Zipporah gave to Moses two wonderful children. In Exodus 3 and verse 22, one was named Gershom. And in Exodus 14 and verse 8, the other was Eliezer. And I also want you to note that this man Jethro was a very religious individual. In Exodus 2 and verse 16, he is referred to as the priest of the home, uh, the, the, the priest of Midian. In Exodus 18 verse 10, we, we observe how Jethro worshiped the one true God, the God that Israel worshiped. In Exodus 18 and verse 12, we read here how Moses and all the elders participated in a sacrifice offered by Jethro. Now, in the second place, though, today, I want us to look at some of the qualities in this man's life that made him an outstanding individual. I believe everybody that is outstanding has some characteristics manifested in their lives that exalts them above the ordinary. And Jethro is no exception. You know, Jethro, I believe, was an outstanding individual because he held fast to the worship of the one true God. Now, the people round about him were worshiping idols. We know his own people, by and large, were very idolatrous in nature. And yet in Exodus 18, verse 10, we observe how that Jethro blessed the Lord. In Exodus 2 and verse 16, we observe how he maintained worship to the one true God as the priest of the Most High God. In Exodus chapter 18, verses 8 and 9, we read how this man was so anxious to learn everything that God had done for Moses and for Israel in bringing them out of Egyptian bondage and how that God had used Moses in such a powerful way. And I think Jethro was also an outstanding individual because he was one that believed in and practiced genuine hospitality. Jethro was very kind very sympathetic to Moses when he was in great need. 
Here was a man that was a foreigner. He had fled from Egypt for fear of his own life. And yet Jethro took Moses in and he treated him like his own son. And we need to be thankful that Jethro serves as an outstanding example of an individual who demonstrated hospitality toward other people. And I think Jethro was also great because he gladly gave up his own daughter to serve God with her husband in a faraway land. Can you imagine how Jethro must have felt seeing his grandchildren taken away from him? And yet we don't read anything at all about Jethro putting his daughter Zipporah on some kind of a guilt trip, you know, because she's going to be serving God with her husband and maybe a faraway place. Jethro was willing for his family to serve God wherever, as long as they were able to serve the Lord effectively. And I think Jethro was also a man of great character because he was a willing worker. He was a very able helper. He was a great help to Moses during those 40 years and We observe here in Exodus 18 how that he even kept Zipporah and the two children while Moses was on that very dangerous journey to Egypt to bring forth the Israelites out from Pharaoh. I think Jethro was also outstanding because he was a man that used good sound judgment. He was a wise counselor. Jethro was straightforward and very precise in his suggestions. And yet he cheerfully and willingly accepted the authority of Moses. Jethro was a man that had noble intentions. He was a man of high character. He sought nothing for himself. He wasn't a man that wanted power or prestige or riches or fame. He just simply wanted to try to help Moses do the very best job that he could as the leader of God's people. In the third part of our lesson, though, I do want to look briefly at the nature of the advice that Jethro gave Moses, his son-in-law. You know, when Jethro came with Moses' wife, and their two children to return them to him. Jethro came on the scene and he saw how busy Moses was. From very early in the morning until late in the evening, Jethro observed how the people just kept coming to Moses. In verse 14 of our text, it says, When Moses' father-in-law saw that he did all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that you do to the people? Why do you sit here yourself alone and all the people stand by you from morning until evening? You see, Jethro simply could not understand how any individual could possibly endure the pressure and the schedule that Moses had placed himself under. And Jethro pointed out some very obvious flaws 
in the kind of single-handed leadership that Moses was here trying to administer to the people. He first of all said, Moses, there's simply no way physically you can withstand this. You're going to wear yourself out. And I think also implied here, even though Moses was a very considerate, very conscientious individual, the Bible describes him as being the meekest man in all the earth, even though he was so great, there was no way even he could adequately do the job. There was no way that one man could possibly settle all the faults and all the quarrels of such a great nation of people. And Jethro also pointed out that Moses judging the people all day interfered in his doing the most important work. And that is the work of teaching and instructing the people in verse 20. And he also pointed out in verses 20 through 22 that Moses was denying other good and capable men who had a lot of talent to serve. He was denying them of using their talents in the service of God. And then in verse 23, we observe how God allowed Moses to do what Jethro suggested. And we find that every one of these recommendations were incorporated into the law of God. Now let's really, at this time, get into the purpose of this lesson. I believe there are some things that we can learn from Jethro. That will help us not only in our everyday lives, but I think it will help us as we, as a body, try to carry out the Lord's work. I think we need to learn, first of all and foremost, from Jethro and from his life, that we need to be faithful to God, even though people round about us may be unfaithful. You see, back in the days of Jethro, not only were the nations round about him ungodly, but his own people, by and large, were immoral and ungodly. But that wasn't true with Jethro. He was different. And today, as we look at our culture, as we, as we look at our world today, we observe so many activities that are wrong and sinful and we need to understand today that we're in the world, and yet we're not of the world. We have to be different from the world. And we just observe what's going on in our culture and in our society today, and we see the immorality that seems to be flourishing, and it. it's very frightening. As Time Magazine recently said, they said the gay and lesbian movement has been pushing and pushing so that same-sex marriage in just a very short period of time in the minds of Americans has gone from being stonewalled to the altar. The emphasis there in that particular article I read was how quickly the opinions of Americans have changed in their view of same-sex marriage. And the same principle is true with other moral issues as well. And so we're living in a culture today in which it's difficult 
to do what's right. There's a lot of pressure placed upon us to be different. As the Bible says in Philippians 2 and verse 5, we are to be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you are to shine as lights in the world. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men, Matthew 5 and verse 16. You see, we need to learn from Jethro that it doesn't make any difference what anybody else round about us may do. And we hear the excuse, our young people make the excuse oftentimes, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is that way, you know. Uh, We need to realize regardless of what anybody else may say or do, we individually must be different. We must be faithful. It doesn't matter what our family does. It doesn't matter what our friends do. It doesn't matter what anybody else around us may do. We need to learn from Jethro the need to be faithful. I think we can also learn from Jethro the need to practice genuine hospitality. The Bible says, use hospitality one to another without grudging, 1 Peter 4 and verse 9. And how we need to realize that practicing genuine hospitality will change lives. We can encourage other people in ways that we've never even dreamed we could encourage them by practicing genuine hospitality. Opening up our homes, encouraging those who have been weak, encouraging those who are having difficult problems. We need to learn from Jethro to practice hospitality. And I think we can learn from Jethro that we need to love the Lord's church and we need to love the Lord's work that we would gladly give our own sons and our own daughters even to distant lands that the work of the Lord might be accomplished. I think we need to impress upon our children and grandchildren the importance of spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to carry out that great commission. We have the obligation to preach the gospel to every creature under heaven. And I really wonder if we understand that obligation. I really wonder if we understand that principle And I wonder sometimes if maybe we might not discourage our own children and grandchildren from that kind of work. You see, we need to encourage our sons to be preachers. We need to encourage our sons to be missionaries. We need to encourage our daughters to marry preachers and marry missionaries, to be involved in the Lord's work wherever they may be even if it may take them to to distant lands. We ought never to be so so selfish that, that we would want our children to always be right under us if there's work for the Lord that they can be involved in in other places. We need to be willing to give our own children in doing the work of the Lord. And I think we can also learn from Jethro the need to be involved in helping other individuals. 
We know how that Jethro helped Moses. Jethro was involved in doing good. And we need to realize that we need to be helpful. We need to be involved in good works, Titus 2 and verse 14. We need to be ready unto every good work, Titus 3 and verse 1. We need to be doing things that are good. And I think we can also learn from Jethro that it's possible to become so busy with unimportant matters that maybe we neglect larger areas of responsibility. I think Moses had this problem. Here was a man that was trying to settle all the problems between such a great nation of people and at the same time he was trying to teach them and lead them and there was simply no way he could do it all. And I think as a body, as a church, I think we need to learn that that we can become so involved in nitpicking matters. Maybe we become so involved about the appearance of the church building, not to say that that's not important, but it is. But, But we can become so involved in things that are in the grand scheme of things unimportant that we lose our focus on the true mission of the church which is to seek and save the lost, to be the pillar and ground for the truth. And I think we can also learn from Jethro that there's a great need for wisdom in the Lord's church as well. We need wisdom. We need guidance. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And I think today as preachers and elders and deacons and as children of God, we need to pray for wisdom to know how to go about doing the work of the Lord in the best way that we can. And I think we need to learn from Jethro that there can be righteous people even among those who are Gentiles. People can be saved no matter where they're from, no matter what their race is, no matter if they're young or old or rich or poor, regardless of their social class or their financial status. Peter said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he who fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. And we ought never to hesitate to teach those who are lost in our community because of their social standing or their race or their educational standing or whatever the case may be. Let us also learn from Jethro that no matter how great a person may be, no matter how well educated he may be, no matter how many degrees he may have academically, We need to learn from Jethro that no matter how great one is, that person can always learn from others. Now, Moses was one of the greatest individuals in the entire Bible. I personally feel he was perhaps the greatest character in the entire Old Testament. A great leader, a man of God, and yet Moses could learn from Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he learned a great lesson. It's a lesson that we need to learn today. And I think all of us, especially elders and preachers and deacons, we need to be asking, you know, what can I do to improve my work? What can I do to do my job better and more effectively? How can I change what I'm doing to be more effective? We need to realize that we can learn 
from other people. And we can also learn from Jethro, and I think elders need to learn, that authority and responsibility needs to be delegated to deacons and other members of the church. You know, sometimes if they're not careful, elders may feel like, well, I'm just going to be like Moses. I've got to do all the work myself. But elders can't do it by themselves. There's no way that the elders can do everything that needs to be done in the body of Christ. And I think Jethro's advice is very good in that deacons need to be given meaningful responsibilities and jobs. Other individuals need to be given meaningful responsibilities and jobs, and that way elders can be relieved to do the work that they're entrusted by God to do, which is to watch for the souls of men. Last lesson, quickly, that I want to mention to you about Jethro, and I know I've covered these rather quickly, But Jethro, we can learn from him, is that all the plans and everything that we do must be subject to God's approval. I want you to notice carefully what Jethro said in verse 23. Jethro said to Moses, if you do this thing and God commands you so, then you shall be able to endure and all the people shall go to their place in peace. Now, Jethro didn't say, you know, Moses, you do what I say regardless. But instead he said, if God says it's okay, then do it. And I think it needs to be emphasized today that everything we do in the Lord's church must be subject, first of all, to God's approval. You know, so many times there are things that are done in the religious world that that seem to be good. It seems to be beneficial. It seems to encourage. It seems to be helpful. But is is it according to God's will? Oftentimes I hear people make the statement, well, you know, God put this in my heart to do this. Well, God may have put something in my heart, I might say, to do the opposite. We know God speaks to us today through his word. We are to respect the authority of that word. And so everything that we do today must be acceptable to the Lord. That's why in our kids sing class every Sunday night we ask them what's the key verse of authority in all the Bible. And they say Colossians 3 and verse 17. Whatever you do in word or in deed, whatever you teach, whatever you practice, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So let's make sure that everything we do, we do it in light of what God's word has to say. Jethro desired that Moses change his conduct only if God approved of it. So there's a lot of things we can learn from Jethro. I know we kind of rushed through this this morning, but there's so many things that are valuable for us to apply to our lives from this great individual. We're going to sing a song of encouragement this morning, and perhaps you're subject to the invitation. Maybe you're here and you've never obeyed the gospel. You're outside of Jesus Christ. Today, if you're willing to demonstrate your faith in God and in Christ as being the Son of God, and in that faith, you're willing to repent of your sins and make that confession that Jesus is God's Son, 
This morning you can be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The Lord will add you to his church. And you can leave here a simple New Testament Christian. Or if it be that you strayed away from God as his child, you haven't been faithful to him, you haven't been serving him as you should, you may need to come today and acknowledge sin in your life and ask God in prayer to forgive you. The invitation is yours this morning. If you're